Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Pallet Town, I'll be your podcast master, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, my co-host, whose favorite movie is Zorro the Gay Blade, Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going tonight, sir? Ah, uh, David, 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 I'm doing well. How about yourself, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little confused as why you had me watch Zorro the Gay Blade tonight for a show about pocket monsters, but uh, I mean, now, we'll go with uh, it. That's cool. Should should we then, do you want to go back and watch the correct one? Wait, we... I watched Pokemon and I watched Zorro the Gay Blade, and I just You're... assumed that you would help me figure out why we watch those two things. Oh, buddy. What's, what I did I do? You... Do we need to stop recording? No, Look into no. his eyes for the answer. <laughs> Oh, Sean, who's that you have over there? Oh my God! <laughs> Is it well, Zara? I do. I we have a very special guest that's joining us, and I just want to say, I choose you, oh. Angie Perko. We have Angie Perko, who is the resident director and co-producer for New Sass Productions in DC. Welcome, Angie. Thank you. Welcome Sean. back. Yeah, you should say welcome Thank back. You so much. Yes, I. Oh gosh, yeah. It's 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 good to be back. It's good to be here. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, and this is the well, first time that I'm actually getting to join the show with Angie because I was conspicuously absent for the Powerpuff Girls. Uh, it was heartbreaking. We I missed just, you. We I just wanted to leave absence. Sean in, in with you guys for that one. Oh, Sean I'm was... sure he had a blast with me and Melody. No, nah, that was a great episode. You guys did a fantastic job on that one. It's one of our more popular oh, episodes. So guess what, guys? Oh, well, After you're done listening to Pokemon nice. and Zara the Gay Blade, you can go back and check out the Powerpuff Girls episode as well. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Yeah. So we, we should we should make it very clear for all of our listeners that we watched Pokemon right. and Beyblade. Not Gayblade. Oh. Sorry, oh, all of ba- you out there who just... Beyblade. With your hands starting to itch towards your, your pants. No, sorry. Oh, people were so excited we were, <laughs> we were going to talk Gayblade, about... Gayblade, like, oh, really? Finally, a podcast about yes. Zara the Gayblade. <laughs> no, I hope you didn't watch the 1981 Hamilton or uh, George, Hamilton George Hamilton movie with Zorro in it. I mean, I may um, have. I mean, if uh, if you watched it in addition to this, yeah. I'm totally fine. With no, that. we're totally yeah. covered. No, yeah. To, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Andy. Not to give away too many of my opinions, but it, it, you know, you probably would have got a very similar experience to watching this <laughs> show. <laughs> the, the weirdest thing was how Zorro kept like collecting creatures and battling them against each other. Right? Such a weird such as Such is the life of Zorro. Such yeah, is the no. life of the Beyblade. But yeah, <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by this point, this is our third round of Pocket Monster March Madness Month. And if you have not listened to the last two episodes, definitely go back and do that. We will kind of give you a, uh, a brief overview of what we're doing here. It's different from how we normally do things. We didn't just watch one series and then tear it apart, tell you how terrible it was. We actually watched two episodes of two series both of which had pocket monster elements in common. So basically what we're looking for is a show about a protagonist who goes out into the world and collects some sort of mystical, magical creatures, however that may be, whether they be on cards, whether they be in pokeballs, whether they be in spinning tops. And then the bonus <laughs> points went to uh, you know, mythologies that kind of built up a larger threat within the world rather than just a kid going out and, and fighting in a tournament. So. That was really it, and we came up with uh, 10 different series that we've talked about, and we've already covered four of them, and then tonight we'll cover two more in a head-to-head battle, Pocket Monster Madness. Uh, yeah. And this, tonight, I'm super excited because we actually get to talk about the series that 
you know, spawn the name Pocket Monster. Mm-hmm. We actually yeah. get to talk about the the original granddaddy who was seated at number three. It's actually not number one, which was surprising yeah. when we started this it up. Blows my mind. It's crazy, and we'll definitely get into like whether it should be or not because I have some strong mm. opinions about that. But uh, I do as well. Yeah, that's I'm great. Curious. We'll see if we agree, or if we violently have to fight over this, possibly to the death. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll just have to we'll just have to see. That's what the show's about. But before we get into bloody gladiatorial combat, Sean, why don't you give us a little bit of history of Pokemon? Sure thing. Pokemon is a media franchise owned by the Pokemon Company and created by Satoshi Tajiri in 1995. The franchise began as a pair of video games for the original Game Boy, developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo. The franchise now spawns video games, trading card games, animated television shows, movies, comic books, and toys. Pokemon is the second most successful and lucrative video game based franchise in the world behind only nintendo's mario franchise so pretty big deal yeah doing pretty good pokemon's kind of a big deal you guys yeah. kind of there's a, a reason kind there's, of a there's a reason why there's a lot of pokemon in every iteration of uh super smash brothers uh, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it is yeah it's a reason why children nowadays are actually born and they're you know pikachu is lodged in their like subconscious like like it's in it's in our like core conscious now it's ingrained it's become part of evolution <laughs> uh, I should mention real quick that uh, Pokemon on IMDb has a rating of uh, 7.4. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what we used to, to rank all these episodes uh, and series to begin with was an IMDb rating. And we'll also be watching just the first episode of each of these series just to keep it mm-hmm. consistent. So it won't mm-hmm. give us the whole picture, but we, we needed to keep it consistent. Mm-hmm. So hey, Angie. Hey. Would you be able to give us a little bit of the history of Beyblade? Oh, oh, I, I, I think I could. So Beyblade, known in Japan as Explosive Shot Beyblade, or, <laughs> yeah, which I will be honest, sounds like something that I would watch late night yeah. on, you know, RedTube or something, but, you know. <laughs> I'm sure we can find that. Explosive Shoot Beyblade, or in Japanese, Bakuten Shuto Beiburedo, is a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by Takao Aoki to promote sales of spinning tops called Beyblades. An anime adaptation also titled Beyblade and spanning 51 episodes aired in Japan on TV Tokyo in 2001. Hasbro Studios and Nelvana Limited licensed the anime for an English language release. Fantastic. And just to keep it consistent, uh, Beyblade had a 6.7 rating. So we're actually getting closer to uh, similarities in in ratings here. So 7.4 for Pokemon, 6.7 for Beyblade. Pretty cool. Cool. Hmm. Sean, buddy, do you want to roll through what Pokemon's actually about for anybody out there who doesn't happen to know what it is? Let's do it. If you've been... Those of you hiding under a rock for the last 50 years. I should... I should... I do want to mention, just uh, as a personal aside, the way I found out about Pokemon was my neighbor would... He came over one morning when I was getting ready to, like, go to high school and sat down at my kitchen table while I was eating breakfast and just began to put cards down on the table oh the and he card was like game. and this is what this does and this is what this does oh, and i was like that's who let you that's... into my house <laughs> what are you doing first... here strange child <laughs> first question second question how can i get in on this uh it was just it was very it was a very interesting way to be introduced to a card game just through the eyes of a child who loved this entire series oh, so the, the Pokemon an, er, anime series and films are a meta-series of adventures separate from the canon that most of the Pokemon video games follow. The anime follows the quest of the main character, Ash Ketchum, a, Poke-ma- a Pokemon master in training, as he and a small group of friends travel around the fictitious world 
uh, along with their Pokemon partners. The original series begins with Ash's first day as a Pokemon trainer. <laughs> um, his first and signature Pokemon is a Pikachu, differing from the game where only Bulbasaur, Charmander, or Squirtle could be chosen. Accompanying Ash on his journey are Brock, the Pewter City gym leader, and Misty, the youngest of the gym leader sisters from Cruelian City. All right, nicely done. Yeah, and before we get into the, uh, the topics at hand tonight, too, I definitely want to give uh, Sean, both you and Angie, a chance to talk about familiarity with these series. So we'll, we'll touch on that in a second, because I, you know, I have my own little backstory, too, for Pokemon. So we should mm. all okay. get in a little mm. share circle. But before we do that, yeah. Angie, if you'd like to tell us what uh, this Beyblade show is all about. Yeah, so Sean, I just want to say that was a lovely, involved, and detailed, and very thorough synopsis of Pokemon. <laughs> now here's Beyblade. Yeah. Oh, no. Beyblade. A young boy named Tyson enters the Japan Regional Beyblade Qualifying Tournament, where he encounters Raycon and Kai Hiwatari. After defeating them, they organize a team known as the Beyblakers. (laughs) (laughs) Known as the Blade Breakers, there we go. Along with Max Tate. (laughs) The end. Thanks for watching Beyblade. This has been Beyblade. (laughs) That's Beyblade, folks. (laughs) Summed it actually as... had like a crazy long history, but the synopsis of this was terrible. Somebody just went into Wikipedia, wrote down everything that happened, like episode by episode, and I was just like, nobody has time for this. So we just ain't nobody care that much. No, we really don't. But speaking of that, yeah. so we'll, let's start with Beyblade. So Sean, you already talked about Pokemon. Did you have any experience with Beyblade whatsoever before we watched these episodes tonight? Uh, oddly enough, I I knew about it just from the toy commercials. Okay, and. Last week, last Thursday or Friday, I was sitting in a meeting and I was looking at online on Imager and on the front page, there was some story about how a kid thought that some, a group of like people in his school were fighting. And so him, as well as all of the teachers that were around, kind of swarmed this area to break up whatever fight was going on in the middle of this hall because of this loud noise and ruckus. Okay. And it turns out that uh, two football players... Lady? Two football players were playing Beyblade yes. and screaming at each other oh like, my in excitement. God. And I, I just thought this is this is so relevant and so perfect for this upcoming show. Other wow. than that, I really don't have any exposure to Beyblade. So clearly this is a very topical show. Yes. Clearly. <laughs> at least among know. high school football players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Angie, what about you? Um I mean, I was I think slightly too old for Pokemon. When I was a kid, I was, I mean, I was, Sailor Moon was my anime when I was a kid. I was a huge Sailor Moon fan. Oh my God. Um, But my brother was really into Pokemon. Um, I think both because of the, the, the TV show and because of the game. And I wasted a certain amount of hours on the game, you know, when I stole his Game Boy away from him and ran away with it and, you know, wouldn't give it back. Um, So I knew it. I liked it. Um, I remember, I was at that age where I was like, ah, oh, this is more kid stuff, and right. I'm a cool, like, 12-year-old, and I'm gonna <laughs> look at other... Oh, God. Um, but it, it, was a de- it was definitely a part of my life. Um, and it's actually interesting looking back on it, um, then, my feelings on it then, and my feelings on it now, which I'm excited to talk about when we get into the episode more, so I'll hold off on that. But, uh, but yes, I knew Pokemon. Um, Beyblade, I think... I, I know nary a fuck about this show. <laughs> Quoting Shakespeare. Fantastic. <laughs> For soothing gads, nary a fuck did I give. Um, but I, I think I saw some of the merchandise once upon a time, which honestly doesn't, based on the synopsis of the show, does not surprise me because right. it seems to have fulfilled the, you know, 
merchandise first plot later like you know like saga for this week like that feels like that's what this is but, pretty um, much any cartoon yeah. that we've ever watched most no, I mean, yeah. push the toys down their throat it's and we'll put a story buy things later. children buy things exactly. um <laughs> but yeah so I, I i i knew nothing i still don't feel like i really know anything fair enough yeah i kind of had the same feeling for beyblade i've definitely seen the the images before i've just never really i've never followed it to the logical conclusion of hey let me find out what this thing is about i've just seen it and just moved on with my life uh until tonight pokemon however so i i was kind of in the same situation as you angie i have a younger brother who i feel like he got the game first and it was back during the red and blue so the original versions of this and i think he actually got one and because he was so into it i was like this is kind of cool i like the i like the idea of it and if i get the opposite version then we can both play and you can actually there were only certain certain pokemon you could get through trading like there were only certain ones in the red or certain ones in the blue and you had to trade through like the old-fashioned actual cable that you had to connect to each other brilliant um, marketing yeah this brilliant is back in the marketing. days like pre-internet too so you really you really had to couldn't, couldn't even download it no you just had to spend time with your brother Jeez. Yeah. Oh, gross. or if you don't have a brother you had to you had to get both games you had to get two game boys right and, you know or you had to make a friend and that's that's hard yeah God, 90s, i don't know hard. which one's easier well, at that time point for that and i mean based on all 90s tv shows you know your protagonist has to be alienated from all the rest of his companions who are too cool for him <laughs> exactly. so exactly you know, so then you just buy all... two game boys and two different games and just learn how to play with one hand on both of them exactly as i did <laughs> no so it all started with the video game which we'll talk about it in this anime series but actually has a cool tie-in and then you know, when the card game came out, uh, I played that with my brother, and then we would watch the anime. So it was, it was really cool. I think we actually went, oh my god, I'm just remembering this now. This, this might have been like one of his first movies that I like took him to as a kid. Oh. I think I actually took him to go see Pokemon the movie, because we were both like, yeah, this is kind of cool. Let's go check it out. So, the one uh, that was in 2000? Yeah, I think so. The the okay. Mewtwo the Mewtwo Mew one. Yeah, the Mew and Mewtwo one. Yeah. Because yeah. he would have only been like 11. Too. I would have been getting ready to go off to college so i would have been like a senior year of high school but yeah i'm pretty sure i took him to see that yeah you're a good brother well or i just made that whole thing up i have no idea which one but uh (laughs) you're a good liar i'm gonna go brother i'm gonna go right into the show let us know what the truth (laughs) tell us the truth so we'll find out i'm sure i'll hear from one (laughs) way or the other brother just stick with me on this one just just pretend (laughs) just go with it this is the long time we've been talking about this one for 16 years This is how we get the Pokemon industry to actually notice us and start to That's give us right. money to mention them every episode. Just Don't pay attention. We have a good brotherly love story. <laughs> Shut up, damn it. Just go with it. Okay, anyway, so let's get into this one tonight. So, uh, again, listeners, if this is your first time joining us, we're going to run through a number of categories, go kind of round robin. We're each going to talk about it for about a minute and then uh, tally everything up at the end. So the first thing we're going to talk about tonight is the theme song, and we're going to start with Pokemon because it is the higher seed. So, Angie, you are on the clock, and you've got one minute to tell us what you thought of the theme song. All right. So I posted about this, actually, on my Facebook a couple of days ago, and Melanie was like, you have to say this on the night. And I was like, fine, I will do this thing. Um, so I'm, I'm going to read directly from my Facebook wall as to what I thought. <laughs> from about the Melanie, okay. Yes, from, like, with Melanie's insistence. Love okay. you, Mel. Um, all right. So what I said was, I am watching the first few episodes of Pokemon as research for a podcast I'm going to be a guest on later this week. And I forgot how much the theme song filled me, which is pumped up, wild-eyed, uh, excuse me, wide-eyed, childlike, raw adrenaline! Hashtag, gotta catch them all! <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, I, I, 
it's it's like an 80s power ballad about magical animals written by Alan Menken hopped up on ecstasy. Like it's amazing. It's I it's this was like the quintessential theme song for me when I was a kid. Like I I I I without having seen an episode in I would say 10 years, I could still sing the whole fucking thing. That's awesome. Pretty much. Yeah, it's 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 definitive. It's it 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 was the 90s theme song. That's a perfect place to segue over to Sean and see what he has to say. You know, I just I felt it was epic. Just at the beginning to declare, I want to be the very best. Yeah. What a what a tone. What a tone to set with everybody. You know, you have great keywords and phrases like destiny and world to defend and, and phrases that define the entire series, like gotta catch them all. Uh, Pokemon also music. friendship. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, Pokemon music has always been something that has been amazing and inspiring. Do you guys remember last election season when Herman Cain quoted a Pokemon song what? during his, uh, oh my God, during his speech where he suspended his campaign? Oh Did you say he wanted God. to catch all the votes? <laughs> he didn't catch any. He's oh. <laughs> a Pokemon rap at the end. Yeah, right. Oh, that would have been amazing. Like, I would have voted for him just for that. What did he do? Uh, he, he quoted uh, a line from the intro uh, song that was done in the 2000 Pokemon movie that you took your brother to. Um, and I, I just, I just want to say, it, this is just one of those songs that the second you hear it, it just it got stuck in my head. It was great. Yeah. No, I feel the same way as both of you guys. Like, this is one that I could just sing, like, at the drop of a hat. Like, you could just be like, you know, Trivia Night, just quiz me on it and be like, done, Pokemon, got it, sold. Yep. yep. It's, it's like, all you need is the first two notes, and then it's Yeah, there. you just need that, you just need, dun, dun, dun. you just need that to come in, and you got it. The funny thing is, like, this guy, the very best. I knew it was going to happen at some point. <laughs> the, the guy that wrote the song and performed it, it's still, like, his, his number one hit by far. Like, he doesn't even register on anything else. Nobody even knows what else he's done. But this remains, like, if you go on YouTube and just search, like, top 10 anime theme songs or whatever, this is easily in the top three for most of them. And usually it's, like, the number one. It's very singable. Yeah. As far as the show is concerned, it explains, like, the entire premise that you need to know. <laughs> he wants to be the very best. He wants to catch all the Pokemon. He's going to make friends with them. Everything's mm-hmm. going to be great, and we're going to go home happy. <laughs> That's pretty much yeah. like the entire premise of the show. And visually, it shows a shitload of Pokemon. So it's not like just right. you oh, just God. get to see the main guy and then a couple things. Like You get to see a ton of different creatures in this world. And we'll, yeah. get, we'll get into why I think that's really cool as we get more into this discussion here. But it's really one of the best theme songs ever, in my opinion. I love how positive it is, uh, which, Angie, you mentioned about like the friendship. But it's just like super positive. It explains everything yeah. you need to know, and it introduces pretty much everybody. So it was great. It was yeah. Great. Well, so what was your score, Dave? I give it a five. Five out of five. This is yeah, like my benchmark for theme song. Holy shit, guys! I gave it a five as well. That's what? awesome. Best what? song ever on Saturday what? Morning Cartoons. Amazing. It's not I just mean, yeah. Yeah, it's not just one of my favorite uh, po- like Pocket Monster theme songs. It's definitely one of my favorite theme songs for a show ever. So yeah, awesome. Yeah. Five out of five mm. all around. Yeah, I and, think we can all agree. And now to take a different turn, Beyblade. <laughs> Let's talk about this Beyblade theme song, Angie. How do you feel? Oh my. Um. Well, when I was writing up my notes for tonight, I kept trying to. I honest to God kept trying to recall it <laughs> first and foremost, and <laughs> then I was like, "That's sign. really all that not I need." Not good, to, Beyblade. That's really all I need to say. I mean, it's um, it's not bad, but it's utterly forgettable. I mean, it's um. 
my, my notes on it, I think originally were like, it sounds, it's, it's very nineties. It sounds like something that like say Ferris or Blink-182 would release Holy in like shit. one of their lesser albums. Right. Like that's what it feels like to me. It's, it's, I, and I, all I remember about it is at some point they, sh- oh my God, you're kidding me. Okay. This is about to be amazing. Um, but like really at all I can remember is at some point they shriek like 50 million times, like let's Beyblade. And that's all I can remember. That's pretty much all they say. So that's pretty accurate. It's pretty much. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Sean, what about you? What do you got? I wanted to pose the question, did the, 2000, did the early 2000s punk band Yellow Card write this song? Oh my god, did they? Yes! Yellow Card. <laughs> that was exactly, that, that, that's why I, I, I turned my notes to, to Angie, that's why she like, got really excited. <laughs> because if Yellow Card wrote this, I really enjoyed it. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's contingent on if Yellow Card wrote this. Yeah. But I guarantee that they didn't. So oh. uh, <laughs> I, I will concur with you and say that a lot of it was forgettable. But I did enjoy the way that they talk about Beyblade and battling uh, Beyblade as a way of life. I always think that if it's something where you're Sorry. trying to sell kids on an idea of a toy, that's one thing. Yeah. But if you're trying to sell kids on the idea of like a lifestyle, like, let's get you some fingerless gloves and a hat and get you Beyblading. Beyblade right? is a religion. Yeah. I will say that the song made it sound a lot cooler than the show itself did. Oh, it so. sure did. By <laughs> a well, long shot. You know, the, the, the interesting part is that they have this entire theme song that is sung, and then at the very end, there's just the phrase, and it's just somebody talking, and, just, and they just go, let it rip. Let it rip. <laughs> just let it Which rip. Means another kind of bring sure, something else to mind. Honestly, it was like but, it was like know, a sure. fart joke inside of a theme song about yeah. spinning top battles, yep. which left which left me delighted and confused. <laughs> now you guys pretty much said it. I, I literally have the words uh, like American, pretty standard Americanization of a Japanese series through a forgettable theme song, but it had some decent visuals. So I mean, they they actually. Yeah way more than the show they actually showed a lot of the creatures that are kind of like inhabiting these different spinning tops which is a major sticking point for this particular episode but we'll get to that so yeah yeah pretty forgettable um they don't really introduce what's going on they just scream beyblade a lot and hope that you figure it out and buy the toys the end yeah so angie it's 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 like incessant like marketing i'm just like if we say the word enough times eventually it'll drill into your subconscious and you'll have no choice but to buy these products we scream it into your face yeah let's be honest they made dreidels cool I mean that's they fair. Made that's what that I have later. <laughs> it's like dreidels it's like, and marbles, but cool. I mean, it's yeah. like it's glorified. Yeah, it's glorified dreidels. It's glorified marbles. It's Bad Japanese dreidels. I let me tell you. I will. I have thoughts on that later on. Oh, as if well. they would have just named the show Japanese Dreidel Fight, I would have watched it so much more. All right, so Angie, what do you Let's have? Uh, to- dreidel. Let's dreidel. Let it rip. L'chaim. Uh, so, what do you have for a score out of five on this? I give it a three, okay. just because Average. I didn't find it completely offensive. Sure. Um, but it was, it was just, it was just boring. It was completely middle road. Okay, so not offensive. <laughs> so that's that's worth a three. Uh, Sean, what about you? Yeah, it was very average for me. I went three. I gave it a two because I didn't think it was even, uh, even worthy of being average. It was so forgettable for me that I was just like, if I can't remember anything other than just the title of the show, then you really haven't done your job. So it was a right. two yeah. for me. But I think okay. that's all pretty close. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. So theme songs in the books. The next thing we're going to talk about is uh, character design. Now, this is the character design both for the human characters, so kind of like the, uh, the protagonist, and then you know definitely the bosses and stuff too, but it's also the design for any of the creatures, the monsters that happen to inhabit the world. Um, you know, how cute they are, how memorable and iconic they are. So we're going to jump into that with Pokemon. So Angie, what was your take, character design? 
see, I'm torn now because if I could give two different scores for people versus animals sure. uh, or people versus monsters, I would. Um, I think that the people get a little bit uh, carbon copy. Okay. I mean, for heaven's sakes, Nurse Joy is literally the same character over and over and over again. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> for God's sakes. That being said, I think that they are at least a diverse cast. Um, there are a variety of different people with a variety of different um, designs and personalities more than that. Like, there are very clear and defined personalities between all these different characters. So, I mean, they could have gone further. They could have done more interesting designs, but at least they're different. At least I can tell the difference between the characters. Yeah, I'll give which them that. definitely helps in shows like these, for sure. Right. And then, I mean, for the monsters themselves, holy crap. <laughs> The level of thought that went into planning the different styles and the different evolutions and how the two connect to one another and, like, the names. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I, the monsters alone, I think, get a good score for me. Gotcha. Sean, what about you? (sighs) You know, I mentioned it before, but fingerless gloves on Ash. And to reference, (laughs) to reference uh, last week. You gotta grip those Pokeballs, man. Yeah, to, to reference last week with some of the shows that we had, yeah. that weird tuft of hair that's between your eyes whenever you wear a ball cap <laughs> yeah. had me feeling like Ash, like Ash it's Ketchum. It's the hero forelock. It, it just it had me feel like Ash Ketchum was sort of a caricature of an anime character oh, at certain Ooh. points. Uh, we had, you know, we had other characters in here. We had Gary or Mr. Gary. Mr. Gary Oak. Who, who, <gasps> criti- who criticizes Ash for wearing pajamas. But at the same time, Gary's wearing a completely solid color blue sweatpants and sweatshirt. I was like, that's the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, who are you to judge, Gary? Velour tracksuit. Right. So, but I will say, saving grace on this, I will say for the humans, uh, Misty. Misty mm. is an attractive woman who oh. is dressed provocatively. Oh, and there is something about that that... Isn't she like 12? Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, she's that's like why 12. I said she was an attractive woman. <laughs> but I'm, I'm hoping at this point... You know, that was back in like what? You know, in the 90s. It doesn't she's make it okay. well beyond 18 now. So Fair I'm, enough. I'm confident saying Ooh. that. Uh, but I will say on, the, on the, the monster side of things, it is obviously very clear why Pikachu is the titular character. He's amazing, adorable, and when he yawns, I, I, I love it. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah. No, Pikachu Dave, is, how'd you feel? Yeah, Pikachu is like the iconic character. I mean, it's, it's amazing that they oh, diverged from the game and decided to go with Pikachu because they just knew from the drawing and then definitely from like the voice acting, which whoever that is, I don't have their name in front of me, but you have like the choicest job in life. You literally only have to say like <laughs> that person deserves one an Oscar. Word. Yeah, but they only have to say one word. It's and they do so well with it. I'm not but, knocking them at all. They do a great job. Yeah, they do a great job. Inflection. But the inflection, the, the like the the character, and from one word you get an entire character and a literal entire range of emotion. Yeah. that person is is they're, worth their weight in gold. The job. I hope wherever they are, they are sitting on a pile of money oh, having sex with beautiful women or men, whatever their choice. Oh, both, I get probably. the same feeling from Stallone every time he's like, Ooh. I mean. Such range. He would right? make he would make the best Pokemon. Such a character. Stallone as a Pokemon. <laughs> Stallone, Stallone. I think it was Stallone, just Stallone, Machu Machomp. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, pretty much what you guys said. So the humans, I thought the humans were okay. I think Ash is is pretty iconic. Like if you just put a bunch of random anime protagonists up in front of me, and we're just like, who are these people? I'd pick out Ash before I picked out the kid from. Bakugan or the kid from Beyblade or whatever. So I, I'd pick out Ash, yeah. I think, pretty quickly. He also has a strong eyebrow game, which I appreciate. So, <laughs> but man, the Pokemon are just, they're so amazing. I mean, there's literally hundreds, if not thousands of them by this point, And they're all very 
different and iconic, but also cute. And you just want to like draw them or possess them or catch them or just hang out with them, man. And I mean, Pikachu yeah. alone gives this thing an extra point. So I, I rated this one pretty highly because it's just, they're some of the most iconic creatures in all of anime. So yeah. Angie, how did you score this one? I gave it a five. Very nice. Sean, what about uh, you? Show some love. Thanks. I gave it a four. Awesome. Yeah. I give this one a five too. I mean, I was, I was bordering on four, four slash five. I, I really like the fact that uh, I wrote down the coolest thing about the Pokemon is that these aren't just creatures in a tournament in a stadium for battling, right? So they're not just locked up. Like, they actually just live in the world. So, yeah, they have, and they have personalities, and they, have personalities. and they interact with their owners outside of battle. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. We are going to agree to disagree on that point, Dave. Sean. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> Dave and I are going to gang up against Sean that's now. Right. Spike points. I give it a six out of five. Because <laughs> hey. I can <laughs> all right let's let's jump over and talk character design for beyblade <clears throat> Angie, what do you got you don't sound happy <laughs> what i don't know why okay um my feelings about beyblade can be summed up in four words oh boy. where are the women oh that's a good point, <laughs> oh, good point. where Damn. where are they there is not a single a single named female character in that first episode anywhere yeah you're right it's a boys anywhere. club I like right away. I'm gonna take a point off for that. I'm Fair. just like, for the love of God, include fifty percent of the gen- of like the human race, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, I mean, I feel like as every man. I mean, obviously, both Tyson and Ash are meant to be your everyman character, sure. but I find Ash is actually honestly much more relatable and compassionate. Tyson's kind of like a goofy, funny guy, but there's not a lot of personality there. Honestly. Okay. Um, uh, the the other ones. I mean, they're. Weird. I can tell the differences, but I don't really care about any of them, with the one exception of Kenny, the chief, and Dizzy. And Kenny's the nerd of the series, and he has like this this like random computer named Dizzy who hits on him all the time. And if the series had been about them, I would have been all about it. Spin-off. But otherwise, I was like, I did not care. That'll be the spinoff show. Sean, what about you for character design of Beyblade? Seriously, what the fuck is going on with Finger okay, Loves? <laughs> There are so many fingerless bum gloves in these series. It's it's there's driving a me a little series, bit crazy. There's not a single single fingered glove in all of Japan. That's why. <laughs> that's what yeah. I that's what I got from the show. Uh, you know, I was surprised, uh, despite the fact that we did not have any female characters, we had a pretty decent variety of male characters that were in here, which I was a little bit surprised about. We had the we had the one battle that uh, Tyson has very early on where I saw something in a male anime character that I have not seen in a while, which are lips. Ah, yes. Which was very, <laughs> in- call those which lips. Was sure. very interesting. So I, I kind of thought that was bizarre. Uh, I really wonder um, like when they localized uh, a lot of this, uh, especially for the, the uncle character, how much of it they tried to, to localize and make it hip. Oh, the grandfather. Uh, and, and kind of punch yeah. it up oh, God. for him. It was. It was. Just, it seemed like he was just trying too hard in certain instances. Yo, you know, homie, don't mess around. And I, I like. Oh, I want to talk about I that liked, so much once we get to the plot. I, I liked seeing the Carlos character as a little bit tough, uh, and I, I really liked the idea that there was these these larger uh, Bay gangs, Beyblade gangs down by the bay. Um. So it was kind of interesting, but yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, this one for me, like the. <laughs> Again, I, I had a tough time separating the characters. They seem like there's something stuck between Bakugan Battle Brawlers and uh, the Pokemon characters. They're like this weird amalgam of like, they just took design elements from different things and kind of mashed them all together. In a, it didn't 
I don't know. It didn't seem all that unique or interesting to me. So Tyson was just kind of like, eh, he's a kid with fingerless gloves and like kind of a jacket thing on. And then I actually super enthused about everything. Yeah. I actually mm-hmm. misheard his grandfather say his name, and I thought he said Dyson. Dyson <gasps> vacuum cleaner. Just go clean up the room. <laughs> It would have been more useful. How much do you hate your kid? <laughs> you uh, you're going to be Dyson. You're going to be Eureka. You're, you're Bissell. Bissell. Hoover, get out of here. Well, there's my kid's name, so that we should be all set. But no, the, the, the other thing, that it, the major thing that I knocked this for, and I mean, Angie made a great point about there only being male characters, but the yeah. other major thing that I knocked this for was you don't see any creatures at all, except for one exception. You don't see any other creature battles at all. So there's, there's like not that fun element of like, oh, I've got to go out and, and capture these like wild roaming spirits and then get them to battle with me. You don't see that at all. So I really knocked that pretty heavily for that one. And then the one guy, the tall, lanky guy, Andrew, what the fuck was Andrew? He looked like a Frankenstein monster. I just had written down like, what's wrong with his face? Like, if you go back and look at him again, his face looks like it was like he run over, lips. and they just kind of like, had lips. No, Andrews had some work done, is what Andrews, that is. Andrews a plastic monster. So <laughs> a little those, nip tuck. Those are lips in the same way that Kim Kardashian has never gotten anything oh, like boy. edited on her form. Okay. Andrews a mess. Go back and look up Andrew, oh, everybody. Boy. He's a mess. <laughs> All right, how As do we Andrew feel about this? Needs one? You to so be Angie, nice you, uh, and compassionate. How'd you rank this one? As he transitions. <laughs> oh, yeah, he might have been in transition. That would make sense. Yeah, that mean, would actually make so, sense. Andrew was in transition. By the way, congratulations, uh, Lily. Uh, Lily Wachowski. Yeah, congr- well done. She definitely um, listens to the I, show, so um, I'm sure she'll appreciate that. <laughs> hey, that one's for you. Yeah. Um, I gave this a three. Okay, fair enough. Um, they were diverse enough that I was like, eh. They tried. But again, yeah, yeah no woman, and it's like, eh. Carbon copies. I'm tempted to knock it down, honestly. Yeah, okay. you can by the time we're uh, done with this round or by the end we'll of the show see. if you want. You can take it. We'll down. see. What does Sean have for this guy? I actually changed my my response <gasps> based on Angie's comment about lack of women nice. and I went down to a three. You went down to a three. You had this at a four? Nice. I had it I had it at a four. I wow. brought it down Just to because a three. Andrew was in transition. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you don't see that yeah, represented I, too often, so I mean I gave it a I gave it a four because I counted four pairs of fingerless gloves okay. in these episodes tonight. <laughs> That's Sean's pretty it's, one for he's each. He's pretty pair consistent of, with that actually. For each over, glove. The, over the last two episodes, he's he's definitely given a point for every fingerless glove on screen, and there have been a lot. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's I get, my new scoring policy. Oh, but I, You're gonna get pretty, in real trouble when you get to Digimon. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh god, I can't oh, wait. Uh, I give it a Dave, two. You, I give it a two. Okay. So I think that's pretty okay. fair. And Angie, yeah, if you want to change that up at any time, you are more than welcome to. Because this was. We'll not, see how I feel. It was not great. Not great. No. Not great. No. Now, speaking of not great, I was actually a little disappointed with some of the stuff we're going to talk about next. So, ladies yes. and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about the game or the, the battle mechanics. So, that's for the actual battles um, between the hero and a boss or just whatever battles take place on screen themselves. So, that includes the rules, how fun the game is, and then any of the monster transitions. So, like once the hero or trainer calls the monster into the fight, like how do they come onto the stage? We've seen them come out of cards, we've seen them be on like virtual battlegrounds, we've seen a bunch of different things. So, Angie, what was your take on uh, how this worked in Pokemon? Repetitive, but interesting. Okay. And it's dynamic. In contrast to the game, which I think is in its favor, I actually, when I kept watching and I actually got to some Pokemon battles, which were not in the first episode, I cheated. Um, <laughs> it got, it, it's not like a round-based thing, which I actually thought 
was in its favor. Um, I also really like the logical and sensible pairing of types against type and the fact that with experience, your Pokemon can evolve to higher levels. I think that the, you know, the, the certain types of Pokemon have advantages over the others makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, I think the way that they do it makes a lot of sense. It like has real world impact on that. Um, I mean, like the Pokeball, like, oh, it comes out of the Pokeball. That gets repetitive after a certain point, but the sheer differentiation between the creatures themselves goes a long way. And I have to say it, the fact that we see interactions with these creatures outside of the battle really matters. And the fact that the creatures' personalities has an impact on the battle as well. I think that that, I've never seen that in another Pocket Monsters thing, aside from maybe Digimon. And I think that that's wonderful. Cool. That's a good point. Sean, what was your take on this one? I was really impressed that not only did the Pokemon uh, have transitions as they were getting like zapped or chosen out of their Pokeball, but also the Pokeball uh, had a transition from being like small to large, mm, good which point. I don't I don't remember seeing uh, ever. And so this was that that was new to me. Uh, you know, you you really only see one battle where Ash attempts to capture a Pokemon. It's a it's a Pidgey. Right. And uh, and it goes as well as you think it's going to go. Super <laughs> for poorly. the first episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, stupid ten-year-old boy attempting yeah. to make your dreams come true. Off on you your own really... with no parental guidance. <laughs> right. You know. Well, to that point, like it, it, you don't really get a full glimpse at what the battle mechanic is, right. except that it seems like what they're trying to accomplish is no more complicated than throwing a stone at an animal. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, as we've hey our ancestors done. got by. That's why <laughs> That's we're here right. today is because our ancestor did that shit. <laughs> Don't you knock stones. But it's, you know, whenever the show came out, it's like they, they were involved to the point where like they don't have to to you know uh to murder their food they don't they're not on a caveman diet maybe they're just reverting to primitive insects sean okay to be honest though they're throwing very advanced stones at them so i feel like you gotta give them a little credit for that these are technological stones dave what were your what were your thoughts on that? i mean i was kind of disappointed that this one didn't really have a lot of battles it was kind of cool the way it opened up and we'll talk about this in the plot a little bit but just to kind of tease it they do open with a battle of sorts uh, so that kind of gets you into yes. the world. But then once we learn, once we kind of go along with Ash, there's not a lot that happens in, in the way of battle. They set up things. So if you're familiar with the games, like they set up something with Gary, but it doesn't really play out yet. They set up something with Misty later in the episode, but that doesn't play out yet. The only actual mm. battles kind of take place between Ash, his own Pokemon, and then other Pokemon that are out in the wild. So <laughs> we really don't get a good sense of like how a tournament would work or even the, the kind of the different types, how they play against each other. We get a hint, but we don't get a real good explanation of that. So we don't see a lot of battles. Nothing's super explained. So I had to rank this one pretty low. But um, You know, admittedly, though, that's the fact that the audience is actually being brought along with Ash and his ignorance. That's true. Because we see later, Ash knows jack shit about actually Pokemon battles. Which is yeah. weird. And he I want to talk about that nothing. in the, in the so plot because he's like upsetting. super, super fan yeah. though. So it doesn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense to why he's so pretty terrible right? at the beginning but we'll, yeah. we'll get into that in a second angie what did you uh, score this one out of five i gave it a four. Oh, nice um, okay I, yeah i just I, I i like it's repetitive but it's i appreciate the dynamic and again that the different classes and different types that i think that's fantastic fair enough so. john i gave it a three Oh, we're going to keep marching was, down the line there yeah so what was your rationale yeah oh i was just i was a little disappointed that we really didn't get further into it yeah uh, and the 
I, because we, we've mentioned this before, when you when you take so long to get into the universe and the world that you live in, I really I, I lose a little bit of interest on the mm-hmm. outset. And so to kind of build in some of those mechanics later, it seems like it's maybe an afterthought or something as a result of lazy writing. Yeah, and I don't know if it was so much lazy writing in this one as just like, it's our first episode, so we're going to introduce our character and his little buddy because it's essentially just like a boy and his dog story. Um, but I was, yeah, I was disappointed that sassy, we... Sassy, bitchy dog. That's right. That electrocutes you. Um, I, was, I was disappointed, though, that we didn't get to like a decent battle, even like a training thing or something. They had hints of it, but for me, it was a, it was a two. So I actually gave it Although, a two out of five. Ooh. Yeah. Though, this goes more into plot, but... Holy shit, Pikachu taking down those Spearows at the end, though. Yeah, and I thought that Bro, was awesome. That's and that's really the only moment. reason it had, like, a two, because there was something there. It wasn't just completely <sighs> devoid. But we've seen in other first episodes that they actually give us quite a bit of action and quite a bit of mm. explanation, which is, is good and bad. But the way that mm. they handled it in Pokemon was, was kind of disappointing. So let's yeah. talk about how they handled it in Beyblade, because you actually get, like, two and a half battles in this first episode. Right, right. But Angie, how do you think they handled it? They tried to make marbles cool. <laughs> and dreidel. Marble dreidel cool. I mean, okay, like some of the physics is interesting, but it's fucking dreidels. It's fucking marbles. Like, I feel the same way about the show as I feel about watching most types of sports ball of like, great, you guys play. You do you. That's awesome. Why is this being inflicted on me? <laughs> Why is this, why do I have to suffer? I would love to see well. like Monday Night Beyblade though. I would love to see that become a thing. <laughs> like right after <laughs> right after Night Raw. Just a bunch of kids shooting bridles at each other. Well, no, it's actually WWE performers. Right? <laughs> 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 just Beyblading each other. You go down to DuPont Circle on any given night, you can probably see a bunch of kids like beat each other up for the exact same effect for fucking sake. And John Cena's hanging out with them, still just like <laughs> John Cena and he has his Let it rip. <laughs> But it doesn't even have a battle mechanic. You know nothing about the monsters. It's like it's like if John Cena went out there and like got a like a like a single car, like the Joker from a deck, and just went push on, like plug it in your eyes. It's the same effect. I feel like John Cena would just the wipe same. these kids out. I would know the same about this world and steal and their sack of blades. A deck of cards in my eyes. So same game mechanic. Sean, how about you? Does this feel like John Cena threw a deck of cards in your eyes? <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean. A li- I, that's a hard question to ask me because it is, it's a yes and a no. Okay. I, I felt like there was a lot of things. So I will say this. I enjoyed mm-hmm. the fact that when they would do the transitions for the battles, mm-hmm. they took it very seriously. Yes. This was, these dreidel games, these battle dreidels had stakes to them. And they continually had to, to analyze with the computer dizzy you know, whether the, the weight was off or they needed more speed or they needed four times the speed, you know, to be able to do this. I got to the point where I was waiting for, uh, I was waiting for, like, somebody to, to do uh, one of those, uh, like, space dives. Like, I was waiting for, like, the final right. episode, like, Phoenix Baumgartner does, like, a space dive from, like, low orbit <laughs> and like then just dick. rips a Beyblade yeah. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, it's a thousand times faster. <laughs> and it's on fire. <laughs> its power is over 9,000. Like- <laughs> yeah. So I love the fact that, you know, for something as simple as this, they took themselves very seriously. I can appreciate that. Yeah, so for me, actually, the, uh, the, the, ba- the battle mechanics, they actually had like a two and a half. They had about two and a half battles in this one. So I got to see them enough times that I really got kind of like the feel of how the dreidels are supposed to smash into each other and knock each other out of the little... <laughs> 
plastic stadium thing that they had in front of them. So I love that we've had a complete departure from calling them Beyblades and just calling them battle dreidels. They're battle dreidels. It's 100% what they are. They're battle Can you dreidels. imagine a Jewish version of this show? It's the exact oh, same no. show. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Know it's just you get about. just like gold the name, coins. The names would change. You get the those chocolate. The there, would be, there would be no Carlos in like Jewish. You just, Jewish every, instead of stealing blades from each other, you just get those, those gold covered chocolate coins that you get. That I kind of want one right now. It's going to spin a dreidel. Hope I get a coin. But no, I mean, this one, I, I gave it, I gave it, um, well, we'll talk about scores in a second, but I, I gave it a little more credit than Pokemon because we got to see multiple battles. We got to see the, the basics of how they work. But then one factor that I thought was really cool was the strategy and the, the customizability of these blades. So it wasn't just like Pokeballs that they threw out that had a creature in it. They actually had some customizability to these battle dreidels. And I thought that was kind of a cool um, aspect of it. So that was something that was a little surprising and, and not completely stupid. So I was like, okay, I'll give that to you. That's fine. <laughs> Angie, how'd you, how'd you score battle dreidel well, mechanics? Despite the fact that it is... It is I, I I'm tempted to bump it down. I gave it a two. Okay. And I still would like to know when the fuck the pocket monster aspect of this shows up. I mean, we can talk about that in the plot because it was like hinted at. Oh, but and I'm sure, sure we shall. Still, we'll get but I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah, it didn't make much sense. No fucking monsters in this fucking battle. Agreed. So I gave it a two. I would give it a one and a half if I could. Sure. <laughs> Sean, how about you, buddy? Uh, I gave it a three. For, for no reason. Yeah. I gave it no. I gave it a three because it was you know it was very average. You know, uh, we I, I liked I enjoyed the fact that we got to see the number of battles that we did, uh, and that was appreciative. But there was nothing that really stuck out about those battles for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I wasn't quite as angry at it as Angie was, but <laughs> so I kind of found it just average. I mean, we got like I said, we got a decent amount of battles. They had an interesting mechanic. It wasn't the best thing, but it was unique. And then they had a, an additional little wrinkle to it with the strategy. And then they even teased one at the end that was kind of like a cliffhanger thing, so that doesn't really count. But I give it a three. Uh, it was it was middle of the road. There was enough interesting to set off the the bad side of the stuff, being battle dreidels. So yeah, nerds everywhere just took to their keyboards and outrage that you ranked Pokemon lower than Beyblade. I know it's crazy. It's like they knew there was like a disturbance in the Pocket Monster Force, <laughs> as if a million Pokemon suddenly cried out in terror. <laughs> Gotta because somebody threw something at their head. <laughs> Pikachu. Pikachu. All right, so now we're gonna we're gonna open this up a little bit more. We're not gonna be uh, we're not gonna do quite so much round robin. We'll just take about five ten minutes here and talk uh, plot. Mm. So let's let's do five minutes. We're gonna bank it for uh, Pokemon. So, Angie, what was kind of just your general reaction to the plot of Pokemon? And this is kind of more of just like a free flowing discussion, so we can jump in and out here. I was. Okay, so this references back to what I sort of said at the beginning of, like, I remember it being, like, oh, whatever, Pokemon. And I think, you know, we're focused on the first episode, and I feel like later seasons that I know of, it gets, uh, it falls into the Dragon Balls, the conundrum of, like, you keep getting, oh, this epic thing that we have to capture slash defeat, blah, 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 which falls in on itself after a certain point in time. It's like a souffle. You just can't sustain it, yeah. Exactly. But for this first episode, I was actually surprised, number one, by the epic quality of it. Number two, by how integrated the whole system was to the entire world. Oh, yeah. Like, Pokemon was the basis of this world. It was not like, oh, this is something, some game that some people play. Like, no, this, these were everywhere. Yeah, it's their ecology. Like, it's their, yeah. it's their ecosystem. It's everything around them, yeah. which is awesome. I mean, even to the point where there's, like, a rooster thing. I think it was a Dodrio. 
that was actually it was a dodrio. Yeah, yeah, I knew. Yeah. yeah, that's just like and, the rooster for you, like crowing the sunrise. It was pretty great, right? Yeah, and the other thing is, okay, I was maybe two glasses of wine in, but when we got to the point where <laughs> Pikachu was like, like in pain. Yeah. And Ash was like, no, Spiros, take me. And like Pikachu's like marshalling to him like, oh, and I run and I electrify the shit out of you because <laughs> I love you, Ash. Like I got tears. I got genuine tears last night rewatching this. No, it was great. I had they a had a lot of feel. They had great emotional moments. Like I said, it was like, it's this yeah. classic boy and his dog story. But at the beginning, like the boy and the dog don't really like each other. They don't like each other. No. And the dog is, as aforementioned, a sassy little bitch who will electrocute you. <laughs> he will electrocute you so with I, the drop of a hat, whether you're wearing rubber gloves or not. I, I want to ask the question, because we brought up this boy and dog journey several times. Is this a world where people are just cool? Is, is this a world where people are, are simply cool with dog fighting then? That's because always been yes, my problem with, with Pocket Monster stuff in general. It's always bothered me that it's basically just like, I'm going to impose my will on this other sentient creature, imprison it, and then make it fight every day. I do like the fact that Pokemon, at least, Pikachu was not about that. Like, he's like, no, I'm not going in the stupid Pokeball. I have a lot of will, and you're going to have a real tough time yeah. dominating it. We're going to have to be friends if this is going to work, so. Yeah, I, I mean, you, it, I mean, arguably, Pokemon is horrifying because it's dogfighting, like, essentially, of your friends, and the yeah. rest of the Pocket Monster uh, series are just as terrifying because literally the only reason why you have these creatures is so you can battle them. Yeah. Like, right, right. That's terrifying. You know, it was just, it was, it was interesting just because of, like, Ash's language that he uses okay. at some point. You, you mentioned, uh, Angie, about the, the Spiro battle that he has at the end where he says, I'm going to capture and defeat you all. And that just sort of seemed, you know, it, it's, it's very hard because you have this difference where he's, it, it, he's treating Pikachu almost like an equal, but at the same time, things that are Pokemon, he's like, I'm going to capture you and put you in a ball and then put you on my belt. Admittedly, the Sparrows were about two seconds away from rending his flesh from his bones. That's, That's fair. I, it, just, it, it seemed like the, the phrase, like the catchphrase, gotta catch them all, could just be extended to gotta catch them all, but I don't have to take care of them all. So what you're saying is Pokemon <laughs> is slavery. Yeah, like a little bit. There was parts of it that I was a little bit kind of freaked out about. I tried to view this in as warped of a way as possible that I could. I, I was also really concerned, and, and I know that Dave, you mentioned, and you made a great point about this being their ecology, right. but Come on, parents. Uh, parents of, of the town of Pallet, get your shit together. This is a 10-year-old that you're allowing to go off into the world. He knows nothing about Pokemon. Even though he's he has a super no fan, concept. Apparently. He will learn. He, yeah, he's a super fan who knows not a yeah. goddamn thing about what's going Which on. Which is what I deal with he, most he, days at work. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like we can't disclaim the value of going in and being like, the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But I mean, you know, he he's sitting there the entire time. You would think that somebody who is so compassionate about what he's doing that he would have some indication of what was actually going on to the point where he asks Pikachu, "Can you say anything other than your name?" <laughs> That's what all, all Pokémon do, do. What have you been doing? <laughs> what research have you been maybe, into? Maybe you fucking he dumb dumb. Because it was like his Pokemon. He's Maybe like, this he wasn't in the understand. game. He wanted to understand. He's like, Pika Pikachu wasn't in the game. I totally played the same game, and I couldn't pick a Pikachu to begin with. I could only pick a, a plant, fire, or water monster. And then all of a sudden, you get this electric mouse creature, which is great. <laughs> but no, I, on, on that point, like, how fucking awesome would it be if this was real? 
Like, this is the one thing that even as, like, a 17-year-old, I was just like, I want this thing to be real. Like, I want to just go out into the field and just, like, bonk a pigeon on the head, put it in a Pokeball, <laughs> and then be able to train it. Are you kidding me? And now they are my legion. And now they're my weird <laughs> they're legion my of, like, diseased birds that fly. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, it's, I just, maybe it's just me being crazy. But like, fly, fly, my pigeons. Fly, my pigeons. Yeah. Spread your disease. Wouldn't that be great, though, if you just had, like, disease armies? Yeah, I'd be sitting on the other end of the field, and I'd be like, oh, my God, it's Pestilence Dave again. <laughs> wouldn't you guys love to do it, though? You know, for a yes, horseman aside, wouldn't, wouldn't this be an awesome thing to do? Also, yeah, it would be, it would be. Like, yeah, anytime you just make an animal appear, like, oh, shit, I need to get downtown in two minutes, but I don't really feel like driving. Yep. Ponytail, go! And, like, there's your ride. <laughs> Let me just ride my Onyx downtown. <laughs> Oh god. I would love I would love for someone to do research on like what actually happens to them within their Pokeball because is it like a Tamagotchi where if you leave it alone for too long it'll just desiccate and die? Or is it just like in some sort of like hibernate hibernation state? I don't know. But uh I like to think that there's like some kind of like subspace pocket in there that they're like in a field somewhere. Well they're all just hanging out together. Yeah, maybe they're all together. Yeah, and there's like lots like of a, food. Like a Pokemon like... hammer space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like a nice yeah. like, alternate universe where they all I like that. Well, because one of the other interesting things they mentioned in the first episode is that wild Pokemon are jealous of human trainers. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yes, I don't know if that yes. was like a weird lost in trace. That was a weird that <laughs> creepy. I didn't like it's it. It's kind of creepy, unless it is like all these Pokemon get access to the super awesome True. like alternate universe where they get food all the time. Yeah, but then like, I'm just saying, but if you were like a wild Pokemon, wouldn't you just be like, "Yo, I'll I'll totally just get bonked on the head and go in your Pokeball." Like, I'm not even gonna fight you, bro. Like, just just put me in that ball. I'm good to go. <laughs> no, there's pride. No, no, no. Pride is at stake here. Wild pride. Pride is at stake. I just took it as more like the... you don't want to be owned by any old schmuck. You want to you want to some doofus with fingerless gloves and a, and a weird forehead. <laughs> But no, like, I get it if it's, like, sort of the taming of, like, a wild stallion kind of thing. Even if it's just a Pidgey or a Spiro or whatever, a Rattata. I, I, get, I get that the, the wild animals kind of had that wild side. And I really love the fact that Pikachu was very reluctant to be Ash's partner. And he was resistant to it. But he was still hanging out with him. And then to Angie's point, he does kind of save the day because they stand up for each other. And they develop this friendship at the end of the episode. That was, it was great. It was definitely emotional. It made you invested. You wanted to watch more episodes. But unfortunately, we got to move on. And so a few uh, closing comments also, on your scores. Yeah, what do you got? Also, randomly at the end of the episode, you get like epic plot point flying through with that one fucking bird that the Pokedex is like, some Pokemon we don't know shit about. The Pokedex right. just like, shrugged. Ooh. <laughs> 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 like, that is why I give it. So I give this a five oh, because nice. number one, I shit. I, I loved, I, I thought that the the plot line between Ash and Pikachu was wonderful. And the fact that the, the uni- you, you got into the universe fast and also you were given a hint of how expansive this could go True. by the end. I, I, I thought it laid it all out for you, but also left you wanting more. Yeah, that's great. So, five out of five. Sean, how about you? I, ch- I changed my score. You kind of won me over on this a little bit, Angie and Dave. Uh, so I moved from a three, I went up to a four. Yes! Very nice. I also gave this one a four. The only knock on it was that they didn't have more of the, the battle thing. There was much less training and much more Ash being a dumb, you know, just an idiot. And then Pikachu yeah. just being awesome. I love when, when Ash was just like getting his ass handed to him and Pikachu's just cackling up on that tree. I love that. <laughs> right. uh, so it, it was very fun to see those two interaction. But yeah, I only knocked at one point just because we didn't get to see an actual battle. But yeah, that's about it. So let's move on to the plot. I guess you can call it that of Beyblade. And uh, <sighs> let's talk about this here show. Angie, what was your first kind of 
general response reaction to the show? It's plain dreidels. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Moving on, Sean. Wow. So, yeah. It's, I mean, that's it, though, right? Like, they don't really do yeah. anything else. No, yeah, that's like, in 10 seconds at the beginning, you get this whole thing where it's like, oh, the beasts of old, yeah. and oh, these dreidels, and oh, the beasts shall rise again, and then I'm like, it's yeah, cool. gone I'm here for, for the that. rest of the episode. Yeah, nothing. We got nothing. Gone. Yeah. Jack shit. I mean, if this was, I feel like if this was a show about discovering the beasts within the dreidels, awesome. or like, actually, oh, this is something like, oh, we didn't know this was a thing. Right. Sure, fine, I'm down. If there was more of a hint of that, great. But yeah, you hint at this epic plot line, and then you like jackknife into this dumbass fingerless glove wearing <laughs> doofus. <laughs> you know, with his random awesome friend with his like pervert computer, and like they're, you know. <laughs> it's like, I don't, okay, what, I, what show am I watching here? What's happening? You know, in the computer's defense, most computers are perverts by virtue of what we're looking at. That's fair. That is fair. See Dave's tempted takeover by Windows 10. Yes. Yeah, we, are, we are keeping Skynet at bay as we speak because <laughs> they're trying to take over the podcast. But no, I mean, we've watched episodes before where like cards, magic cards mysteriously rain down from the sky and they happen to like hold the spirits of supernatural beasts inside of them. And it makes zero fucking sense. But at least they get to it and they're like, here's a thing that's happening. It's crazy. Right. Let's fight. In this show, yeah. they're like, Here's a crazy cool thing that you're never going to see. It's like, well, what the, like, okay, I guess I'm done then because it's not going to happen. Right. So, and, and, right. and Dave, the thing that really was frustrating to me was that they had every opportunity when they showed the, the, the dragon floating in the clouds uh, at night. You, you think to yourself, oh crap, like this might be an opportunity where this dragon possesses this Beyblade and, you know, and really he reaches his full potential you know, for this upcoming battle. Yeah. And then it, it, it does a great idea of injecting the sense of mysticism into this show. And I appreciated that. But again, it never came to fruition. Mm-hmm. They had every opportunity with the gleam on the, the, the piece of the sword right. that sort of illuminated that only Dyson could see. Well, we'll talk, talk he, about that briefly because I don't yeah, let you no. talk about the grandfather too because just to give people uh, some context about what's going on because there's clearly some sort of mythology tied in with this kid, the family, the great dragoon, and then the Beyblades, but it's never tied together, right? Great dragoon. So you get, you get a lot of these separate plot points, and you're left wondering at the very end of this episode, how do they all tie together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and where are they, they going to go with it? And I will say, I watched the second episode oh, just you? because I was like, wow, some resolution would be nice here. And they do not resolve a bunch of those plot points. <laughs> Sons of bitches. I'm gonna... I give you two episodes to like resolve your plot points for me that you introduce, and then we're done. I think I'm going to knock Sons it a point bitches. just because of that. Sons of bitches. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Sons of whores. Yeah. No, it's uh, what I honestly felt was there are too many things happening here. Hello, I am your audience. You want to bring me up to speed on what the fuck is going on? Right. T- yeah. Tell me about I mean, the great uh, dragoon. Uh, yeah. Why I mean, do I care about kids playing titles? Ultimately, I think that we can I can I think that we can agree that that Dyson walks around town and battles other uh dreidel gangs and gets their dreidels and builds new dreidels. That's the that's the entire plot of yeah, this. Maybe. Well, and, Car- and Carlos does that too. Carlos Possibly. steals everybody's dreidels and then breaks them down to yeah, make the a- best fucking dreidel. Yeah, he's a dick about it, though, apparently, the somehow, which dreidel. is in a different way. <laughs> the heaviest dreidel. Yeah, we'll talk about this in the, in the boss fight. I can't wait to, because it's like heavy dreidel versus fast dreidel, and it's just ridiculous. Your physics is not great. No, it's really yeah, not. exactly. It's really, it's really so sad. It's sad. The lack the of understanding. science is very questionable. Your science is so weak. Your science game is weak. 
your dreidel game is strong, but your science game is weak. <laughs> dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made you out of raw energy. Raw energy from a blood dragon. Like, that's awesome. I will watch that show. T- battle dreidels with the energy of blood dragons. I'm going to watch. Tell me that it's going to happen, but never let it happen. I'm not going to watch anymore. Hanukkah just got a lot more badass. They were basically like, it came down to like... To Yom Kippur, <laughs> it's a great dragoon. <laughs> oh, see you later, great dragoon. I order that as an appetizer at Chinese restaurants. I don't know if I'm the only one. Leave a seat for uh, Elijah, and then also leave a seat for dragoon. <laughs> What's your problem? That's how it works. Oh, it's in the book. Nice day. I love though that it eventually it comes down to a point where he's like, oh, I've got this one blade slash dreidel. I can either put the power of the legendary dragoon in it, or I can just like make the winding strip twice as long and it'll be super fast. Right. And then run up and to then it like leap a, up into the like air while I'm doing it. Oh my god. It looks super cool. Nope, let's forego dragon power. In what cartoon does a protagonist ever say, like, mm, I got this phenomenal dragon power, could use it, not gonna use it? You know what we're gonna use instead? Physics. And plastic. <laughs> poorly plastic thought out teeth. physics. Poorly, poorly done. Physics. Oh, Christ. And then the grandfather, the grandfather knocked this down another point. I, I think I'm going to knock this down another point even further because the grandfather okay. just irritated me. It was very much like the Americanized Japanese grandfather. So what was clearly probably True. like a pervy grandfather who was uh, a, a source of like a mentor <laughs> in the Japanese version, he turned I into like the entire show about street. the grandfather. Oh. He at one point just says to himself about his grandson, he's like, I got to admit, he's as fly as I am. And he, he delivered it just like that. Like, I would. Oh, no. Oh. No. And he says, like, hey, dog, a number of times. Like, what? what? Totes my goats, man. No. Straight from the fridge. I dropped this, like... drop this another one. I dropped this another We're one. We're done. It's so Fair. bad. Angie, what'd you score this one? I gave it, I'm tempted to knock it further, but I gave it a two. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think it's fair. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, again, Kenny is the show saving grace. He's literally the only thing I care about. I love Kenny. Sean, how about you? All right. For the fact that there's a pervert computer, I gave this a three. You give us a three for a pervert computer. Fair. Yeah, the pervert computer carried this. Kenny and the, Kenny and the pervert computer. (laughs) If that was the name of the show, I would watch it. (laughs) Or just battling dreidels. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right, so I knocked that one down to a two. Now we're going to get into the boss battles. Now, this is always fun, and Angie, I don't know if you're familiar with, <laughs> with how this has gone in the past couple episodes, but mm. occasionally uh, both the hosts, co-hosts, and guests on the show have a different opinion on of what, the boss, what is. the boss is. <laughs> so who do you think was the boss in Pokemon? Uh, this is where the show suffered okay. for me. Yeah. Because the boss that we are introduced in the first episode is not the iconic boss that if it hadn't been in the first episode, I would have been like all the points to you right. because Team Rocket is iconic and, and fantastic. And nowhere to be found. There is actually on my, on my Instagram right now, there is video of me and my boyfriend like, like doing, the, doing the whole speech that they do. Did you um, have a meowth with you? Uh, we did my cat, oh, but he's not on the video. We we cut out too late. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, um, but the problem is, is that that's not who we get. No. We get instead the egg white of villains, Gary. Okay, so you got Gary as your <laughs> boss. <laughs> oh God. The egg white of villains. <laughs> he's a white. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. 
No, he's the... He's like Draco Malfoy, except somehow more pretentious and less interesting. Yeah. It's just... Oh, True. God, he's every schoolyard whiny bully. I just... It's like I could see every interaction they would have. Like, the moment we were introduced, I saw every interaction they would ever have, and I was like, no, thank you. All right, so, Sean, yeah. uh, Angie says Gary is the boss of this episode. Who do you have as the boss? So originally, I wrote uh, I wrote Spiros, okay. the the bird Pokemon that we saw. Yeah. Uh, but really, I think the boss of this episode was Cliffs, Hills, and Common Sense. So landscape and common sense, okay? <laughs> yeah, landscape and <laughs> lack of common sense. So also uh, mean ten. Yeah, it was just Ash really seems to navigate all of these poorly, and it was bizarre how they kind of de-escalated. You know, he goes from jumping off of a bluff of a like a waterfall into the water. Right. Uh, to getting, uh, to falling off of his bicycle because of a small hill. Yes. Yet yet he managed to avoid, like, the dragon in the water. Right. Right. And then has zero common sense. Gyarados, yeah. yeah. When he sort of presents himself as sacrifice to the Spiros, they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him uh, unless something happens. It just, I I just, I I feel like Ash's greatest threat were the elements and just his lack of common sense throughout the entire episode. He's his own worst enemy is what you're trying yeah. to say. Admittedly, yeah. that nearly kills his Pokemon. There were so many times that I noted in this episode that there are still shots of Ash or, Pokemon, or of uh, Pikachu laying motionless, and my immediate thought was, Oh God, did they just kill one of them? Oh, they're, they're dead. This right? show took a dark tone. Yeah, it's like, that first episode actually is pretty dark. It yeah, it's up real just fast. like yeah, yeah. No, and then in my notes too, I've got in my notes for this section always do this. It's almost like I write it down because it's the first person we come up to, and they're like, "Oh, okay, Gary's here. He's the boss." Nope, Gary's gone. We never see Gary again. Cross around. <laughs> the next thing nope, that comes no up is cares. like he's in the credits, and we never see him again. Credits, and then like a Pidgey comes up. I'm like, okay, maybe they're gonna battle a Pidgey, and maybe this. Nope, not the boss. It just Pidgey beats the shit out of Ash and then flies away. Is it Rattata because he stole a bunch of shit from Ash's uh, backpack, making him basically an idiot? No, it's not him. Is it one Spiro? No, it's not one Spiro. So I've got these all like crossed out. So my boss of this particular episode was the entire flock of Spiros. Because honestly, okay. it was the all only right. real like antagonist that uh, they had any, any sort of like interaction with. So it's not a great boss, but it's the boss that we have for this episode. I, I, as far as I'm I, and I think Fair. I think you're right too because it's the only threat yeah. that raises other than the Earth yeah. in and any rocks. way, shape, or form. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. Yeah, and just think, his ten-year-old brain. Yeah, but yeah. you know, for a ten-year-old, that's not a bad adversary. Bunch of angry birds. Yeah, hey, hey, Alfred Hitchcock thought it was fairly effective. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Alfred Hitchcock thought and it could be a, a grown good lady. enemy. I mean, much better yeah. than if you're a ten-year-old and you have like. <laughs> And you're allowed to just wander around and you trip over rocks and almost get swallowed by dragons. Like, it's kind of on you, bud. It's kind of on you. Yeah. Angie, how'd you score this one? I gave it a three. You gave it a three? Um, I gave it a three just because of the potential of something more yeah. than Gary. I think that's fair. More than Gary. Sean, how about you, buddy? I gave this a two. I didn't really feel like oh. there was uh, any, any big kind of threat. <laughs> to be fair, pre- your, your boss was... The landscape so i think that yes. too is fair. <laughs> yeah i felt i felt Which, for for my assertions I as feel someone who is. had a really awkward growth period i'll have you know the landscape can be a deadly <laughs> oh, it's, it's brutal and unyielding uh i gave this one a two for my flock of spiros i gave this one a two because right. i mean yes it was a threat so it did exist and it did kind of escalate things a little bit over just like a pidgey or gary who decided not to fight so yeah i gave it a two i was a little bit of a letdown though 
it was more about the the bond between Pikachu and Ash. So I mean, I get that, and they they as far as the plot goes, they did a good job of using those Spiros to get that final like partnership across. So that's why I gave it a two. Got an extra point for that. So cool. Now again to another list of crossed off names. Let's talk about Beyblade <laughs> because, like I said, there's what two two and a half battles that come up. So you've got. Three to four potential bosses in this one. So, Angie, right. which one did you pick? Who's your boss of the episode? I mean, which, I mean, my, my literal notes are boss. Okay, it's Billy. Right? No, wait. Nope. It's Andrew. Yeah. No, wait. It's Carlos. Is it, though? No, wait. It's Kai. Is it, though? I don't even know. Because, frankly, in my mind, Kai has front of me written all over yeah, him. Yeah, he's got a sweet, frankly. sweet getup, too. Yeah check, yeah, check out that hair. Check out that hair. He has hair matching the protagonist. Yep. You know they're going to be best buds right. later He's on. He's like the opposite like, design of him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, there was... I, I got no epic villain here whatsoever. I mean, Carlos got his ass handed to him on a plate halfway through the episode. <laughs> you know? Like, I just... It's... Yeah, it's... it's you know, you ke- you, they kept trying to build it up. It's like, oh, the next opponent. And I'm like... Eh. And again, once again, you're just playing with dreidels, so I don't really give that many fucks. True, true. Sorry. So, yeah. Carlos the dreidel so, thief. Yeah, Sean, what do you got for this? Carlo- yeah, right. I kind of liked Carlos. Okay. I don't think you're supposed to, but okay. Because I, li- I like him as a boss. Right. I like him as a boss because he shows up. He is he's formidable when Dyson finally shows up and, it, you know, and is late to his battle. He's just like, hey, guys, uh, I'm here. And it looks like Carlos has cleared out everybody. Right. Like he has, he's got he a has Santa totally... sack full of dreidels. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love the idea of just this menacing duffel bag full right. of battle dreidels, these bladles. Right. And he's just <laughs> holding them over oh his my God, shoulder. That's the next best show. That's the next best show. Yeah. So he's holding all these things over his shoulder and he's like, whatever, I'll take it anytime, anywhere. And you're just like, oh, okay. Like this guy's cocky. Yeah. Like this guy has a reason to be cocky. And I love that kind of confidence in. Uh, in a boss, and then when he ends up losing and he bitches out and begins to run away, you're introduced to, and we've had this with with Yu Gi Oh, right. where we have mm-hmm. a we have a, a villain and then we have a, a a bigger villain that's sort of introduced to us. And I thought the idea of having uh, Kai show up was was kind of cool because this guy is dressed like Sephiroth from Final Fantasy yeah, VII, just like shrunk down, hair to match. like a chibi Sephiroth, yeah. yeah. But he's yeah. like he's like ten years old. Yeah. The guy's ready to fuck everybody up. So <laughs> I, I like that. I liked it. No, I'm yeah. I'm with you on that one because I do like Carlos's attitude. I like that he walks in basically with this aura of just like he's been dominating the entire town, stealing dreidels left and, and right. Doesn't give a shit. And, and <laughs> but like, but, but stealing dreidels does that make Carlos honestly in this in this extended metaphor that we draw? Does it make him a weird kind of dreidel Nazi? Is that kind that's of that's a hundred percent what that was his uh, his Japanese translation name was actually dreidel Nazi. <laughs> but they we have this moment when we have this moment where Carlos is introduced to Kai. Kai is shaking in his boots, and what does Kai do to Carlos? Bitch slaps him and knocks Literally. all of his bladles all over the place. So I, like, I love that's this, a sad scene. I love this one because the whole episode, Carlos was built up like nobody else wanted to go against him. Nobody else even wanted to like work together except for Dyson Tyson Bissell Mop. But <laughs> he was the only one that wanted to like take this guy on. So obviously he's your hero of the show. What I really liked was that Carlos not only lost, he then tried to sneak away. So it was like all that was just false bravado. He tried to sneak away with his bladles, his sack of bladles, and then he got caught by somebody who clearly knew him from like a former life or maybe from another yeah. team or something. So you got the sense that there was a history 
and that Carlos was just kind of like uh, a fake. He was a big shot at one point, but he was like a, a, a small fish in that particular pond. So he came to this place and tried to be the big fish, tried to be the big bully. And he got right. his ass knocked mm-hmm. out, and then Kai comes in. So I actually really like the, yeah. the, the role that Carlos played in here. It's, it's really tough with a villain in a first episode, because unless they're, they're like a Kaiba who's going to stick around, um, they're usually just like a one and done. But yeah, I had the same thing. Yeah. I had Billy, I had Andrew, I had Carlos, and I had Kai. So I went with Carlos. Uh, Angie, how did you score Carlos as a boss in this particular episode? Oh, Carlos, or, or I whoever would give you thought was the boss. A, well, it's I will give the bosses in general a two just because the show needed to make up its mind as to what was actually going to be the Fair villain enough. roughly about ten minutes before it did. Sure. But I give it a point because Kai had a lot of potential, okay. and I he was actually aside from Kenny, he was the only other reason I was like this might be a good show yeah. eventually. And then he got I'm here bit for slapped. Kai, so. Yeah. Any 10-year-old kid that's smacking the fuck out of other 10-year-old kids, <laughs> I'm here that for. That's pretty cool. Good job, Kai. <laughs> Sean, how about you? The Blade you of know, Boss. I, I, I enjoyed the fact that they introduced the idea of, of, of a, bigger, a bigger bad, yeah. uh, a, a future threat that is on the horizon, Ooh. and this whole concept that they have Beyblade gangs, right. which seems... The Blade bananas. Sharks. Right. So I, for that alone, I gave it, it a three. You gave it a three for that one. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah, I like that. I, I don't know if you guys call it this, or maybe we watch a different, um, a different episode recording online, but didn't Kai call it the Blade Sharks, and then Kenny call it the Bay Sharks? Something. Ooh, something that's what I heard. Yeah, I had to watch it. Just plot like, inconsistencies. Dock another Dock point. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so no, I gave, uh, I gave it a three, because I thought there was enough personality to, to be interesting, and also I love that he, how he kind of turned tail at the end. I thought that was an interesting twist on his character. So better than a flock of Spiros, got to give it a three. Um, yeah, so that's, okay. that's going to do it for Pokemon versus Beyblade. I'll, okay. I'll give you guys a second to kind of tally up your scores here. If you have them ready, we'll go over them. But oh, for me I personally, have, I, have I have an 18 for Pokemon. I have an 18 for Pokemon. Um, I had an identical score had for Pokemon. 18 for Pokemon as well, Sean. Yeah. Angie, what did you have? Yeah. I had a 22 That's excellent. out of 25. Wow. I ranked it very highly. That's excellent. It hit my nostalgia button pretty hard. That's fantastic. Nice. That's actually currently the highest average of the shows that we've watched, 18, 18, and 22. Woo! Woo! You're welcome, Pokemon. This one's for you. Nicely done. That'll make Mel happy, too. And it's actually right in line with uh, IMDb's ranking. So we have an average for Pokemon of adjusted 77.3. Uh, IMDb's adjusted as a 74, so super close. Okay. Now let's talk Beyblade. I had a 12 for this one. Sean? <laughs> I had a 15. Sean always skews a little a higher than me. Yeah. What did you have, yeah. Angie? Sean, you're, you're way too nice. I had a 13. You had a 13. So that's, I would knock it lower if I yeah, could. We, that's, that's actually <laughs> currently the lowest of all of them. We've had a few failing grades, but that's the lowest. Uh, the average of yeah. this one, like I said, on IMDb is a 67. And we have a 53. So, ooh. We will have treasure. I would just, on a final note of yeah. this, the fact that Beyblade, honestly, the more and more I hear it, it sounds like something that like your significant other would like, like draw on you yeah. or something. That's how it's most relationships dark in my mind. The days. more and more I hear it, it's like digging into my brain. Like Beyblade. Oh no, my husband has a knife. Yeah. Like that's what it's starting to sound like to me. That's oh, the effect no. the show has had on me. No, in, in the year in in 2015, uh, 72% of all relationships ended at the uh, point of a Beyblade. <laughs> a statistical fact from. 
criminal statistics. It's unfortunate that this Beyblade plague, the battle I'd like, see, I'd like to see the raw data for yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll if, post if it up on SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Great. Awesome. This has been a great discussion, and I'm glad that the, the numbers kind of worked out the way they did, and Sean has been exposed as a uh, super optimistic cartoon fan that he is. I'm a, I'm, I, I like to be positive. <laughs> It's only so far optimism can take yeah, you. No, we have to have Sean on the show to balance me out because I hate most of stupid stuff. So <laughs> Magical dreidels. Exactly. Oh, man, that really paints it in a whole different light. But Angie, thank yeah. you so much for coming back to the show. We're, we're so lucky yes, to have you. time for us tonight. Um, now is the time of the show where we actually get let you talk about what's coming up in your life if you'd like to share out there with the, uh, the viewers listening at home. Oh, good God. Um, well... Uh, first and foremost, I am directing for anyone that's in the Stanton area of Virginia, out by Charlottesville. Um, I am directing a stage reading of the Tragedy of Messalina, Empress of Rome, for the American Shakespeare Center on March twentieth. So, if you really feel like going, getting your restoration drama on, please feel free <laughs> to join us. Um, on the plus side, the plot is essentially something out of like a. a Seventies porno, so it's pretty fun. Um, uh, aside from that, I'm doing the uh, new drafts series with my company, New Sass Productions. Uh, this is headed by the amazing Claire Schaefer and Aubrey O'Connor, and we are essentially doing one act plays in bars. So it's a combination like pub crawl new play festival, that's awesome. and that's going to go in, on in April. This is exciting. Yeah, it's it's you drink and get your theater on. Um, and then finally, I am appearing in a production of Theater Prometheus's All Female Macbeth, which is opening in April, in mid-April. So you can come catch me there at the Anacostia Arts Center. So yeah, that's what I'm about right Very now. Very cool. Yeah. And where can the where can the folks out there find you on social media if you are so inclined? Ah, you can find my webpage at angelakperco.weebly.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at la shield maiden. Uh, or on Twitter as well as Lost Shield Maiden, for reasons of Vulcan nerddom. I refuse to let that name go. Nothing so, wrong uh, with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you can find me on Facebook, or find New SAS Productions on Facebook, or find us at NewSass.com. Awesome. We will have all that information up on our website, so you guys don't have to worry about writing that down. We will have it all for you at SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. But Sean, buddy, what do you have going on? Oh, man. We are... This will have been the first weekend of Washington Improv Theater's Fighting Improv Smackdown Tournament. Fist. It is their version of, yes, it is shortened to fist. So we have, uh, this is the, the first, this will have concluded when this comes out the first weekend of fist. Uh, we are going to be headlining uh, a bunch of shows for my improv group, Knox. And that will be for the entirety of March, as well as also the first two weeks of April. You can find tickets with dc.org. And as always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Paul Ells. Fantastic. We will have that information up on our site as well. If you're interested in finding out more about me, you can check me out on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also head over to Collider.com where I do a lot of TV and movie news and recaps of, uh, you know, your favorite shows like Arrow, Walking Dead, similar things like that. Uh, you can also head over to DaveTrumbor.com. That's where I post some of my short fiction if you are so inclined. And if you happen to be a fan of the science because science, you can head over to Nerdist, where I am a recent addition as a freelance writer for uh, yeah. their science Yeah, category. Dave. Yeah. Yes, science. Guess, guess what? So I got to use my uh, science degree to write about uh, the nightmare journey down a sea turtle's throat, which is what? actually fucking terrifying, so definitely go check that out. And I also got to do the definitive science of Super Mario Brothers just recently, and that was a lot of fun. It turns out that uh, Mario is probably an alien humanoid plumber, from a planet that has eight times the gravity of Earth, 
yet he can I jump about 25 feet in the air. So he's fucking awesome is what I'm trying to say. So definitely. It all makes sense now. It made zero sense until I got into it. And now I'm like I'm this like weird alternate reality creator for a place where Super Mario was, actually exists. Because I was really hoping that he wasn't an earth Italian plumber with a concussion that turned his brain into pudding. That would actually make more sense. That he's not <laughs> that he's not Lou Albano in a in a prison basement. <laughs> Mario just hooked up to a bunch of tubes somewhere. Oh, that's probably Every actually once in a while, that's probably goes, it's a me. That's probably actually what it's what's going on. But if you're interested in finding out more about Saturday morning cartoons, you can do so at our <laughs> website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember that's morning with a U. You can also find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Tumblr page, SaturdayMorningCartoons.tumblr.com. We've got a Facebook page, which you guys have been just awesome about lately, about posting stuff and liking stuff and sharing with your friends. So thank you so much for doing that, and we hope that you continue to do so. Yes, thank you. You can also check us out on YouTube. We have an account there. If you have a moment, please feel free to check us out on iTunes and Stitcher, and uh, feel free to leave a rating and review. It really does help the show. So we appreciate those of you who have done so. And we encourage those of you who have not to do so. But you can listen to our podcast there each and every week through iTunes and Stitcher. And if you have a suggestion for a future episode, drop us an email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. We are continuing with Pocket Monster March Madness Month for two more weeks. And we've got four more shows that are coming up. So, Sean, buddy, what do we have lined up next for the listeners out there? Ooh. Next week, we have Monster Rancher versus Magi Nation. And we will have Evan Valentine joining us. And then to round out the end of the month, we have Digimon versus Zatch Bell with Tony Lazzaroni. These are going to get increasingly more insane, I think, as we go, because we're just going to be so fried from all this stuff. Fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, fingerless gloves crossed. Yes, but we'll, we'll always have magical dreidels. <laughs> we will always have magical dreidels. Again, thank you very much for Angie to come back on the show tonight. We'd love to have you again. Appreciate it very much talking about thank you. Yes, thank dreidel you. battles thank you. and Pokemon with us. <laughs> And thank you guys out there in listener land for listening to us tonight. We hope to see you next time on Saturday Morning Cartoons. Thanks again.